The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And to start our meditation, beginning with giving yourself the time that you need to settle in. Offering care for this body, this heart, and this mind. Intending to how they are right in this moment. Perhaps gradually scanning the body from head to toe. giving some ease to any part of the body that might need that, allowing any areas to soften where tension is being held. And as always, if there are areas that cannot be eased, allowing them to be just exactly as they are, with care. Allowing the breath to nourish all areas of the body. The vitality of it. And soothing any areas of difficulty. Breathing into the area that's challenging and breathing out of it with compassion, with kindness. Allowing and accepting experience just as it is, receiving it as it arises. 
letting it persist as long or as short as it naturally wants your attention, and letting it pass at its own rate. The heart and mind may be sending you messages about how you feel, how you are, various preoccupations of mind, or simply thoughts drifting by, giving each one the care and kind attention you would give a friend, rejecting nothing neither going out and trying to grasp anything to keep it or have it be this way that you like, nor pushing away anything that is unpleasant. Perhaps holding an attitude of generosity, acceptance towards whatever surfaces during this meditation. Letting each thing have its time in awareness and its time to depart.
So uh, this week I've had the uh, good fortune to be able to serve the uh, 7 a.m. sitting in the morning to fill in for Gil. And um, I've been talking and exploring the last couple of days generosity and uh, also kindness, which has been fun to do with the group. And uh, I've been thinking today about the fact that we live in a culture that surrounds us with appeals to obtain, acquire a lot of material stuff. And, um, you know, it seems like every everyone's competing for our attention and giving us a certain, uh, giving off a certain mental image of what success looks like. And it's possible that those influences have affected your life to some degree. Um, but once we encounter meditation practice, we start to see some of the ways that externally imposed ideas of success cause some of our stress and suffering. And with meditation practice and reflection, we start to redefine what it is that we really need and what we take um, from the culture, from the uh, planet around us, from others, and what it is that we want to give. And as the practice develops, we may uh, come to find more inspiration in generosity, actually in what we can offer to others, and we become maybe less focused on ourselves, or at least not as disproportionately (laughs) self-absorbed as it's possible to be uh, living with the influences that we live with. So I found some interesting inspiration uh, today in one of the suttas in which the Buddha is quoted as saying, how does a true person give gifts? Here, a true person gives a gift carefully, gives it with their own hand, gives it showing respect, gives a valuable gift, gives it with the view that something will come of it. That is how a true person gives gifts. And for those of you who like to look up suttas, this is uh, Majima Nikaya, or Middle Length Discourse 110.23. So this is really interesting to me, as it is encouragement to be generous, but it's also with discernment, to be generous in wise ways, not to give carelessly. Um, so it's it's a good thing to consider the details of what's being said in the sutta. So taking the idea that one gives carefully, as I read this, I reflected on times that I have given from other motivations. So one example is giving out of a kind of enthusiasm that hasn't really reflected on the, what's being given with very much care. Another form of giving that I know many of us have witnessed or have done or experienced is giving out of an expectation of something in return. So either wanting something equivalent in terms of consideration or giving in expectation of receiving respect or love or whatever in return. And there's a way in which that motivation actually lacks some respect for the other person and where they're coming from. 
Um, I went in my 30s, I used to have long conversations with with a friend, a very good friend, who would experience a lot of pain when she gave, she was very generous, but when she gave a gift or gave um, attention or, you know, lavish time on someone, she'd be very disappointed and sometimes even want to break off her friendships with other people when the other person didn't reciprocate um, in kind or in degree. And so it was a really clear example, looking back on it, it's a clear example of how expectations can cause suffering. So expectations that generosity will be reciprocated um, could even be felt by the other person as pressure. And it could have the result that what is given wouldn't be valued very much. So that's one part of this uh, sutta that intrigues me. Another that's interesting is this quote that a true person, and in this case, I take the word true to actually mean reliable or ethically responsible or somehow honest, that a true person gives with the view that something will come of it. Now, that's really by contrast to what I've just been saying, but I think this quote is different, means something different than giving because you want something in return. I take it as meaning that your gift will lead to something that actually benefits other people or somehow improves conditions for them or for the world. So it's interesting to think about what it says, um, what the sutta says about giving a valuable gift. I don't think this is talking about the monetary value of something. I think it's talking about something that the other person will care about or that will benefit from, from. So when we offer another person something they wouldn't benefit from or they don't really value, we're wasting our energy, their energy, and we're also wasting resources. Um, so, you know, what does a gift convey uh, to the recipient? If we don't value the gift and we don't value the recipient, um, or if they don't value the gift, somehow there's a lack of respect in, in that giving for our relationship with the other and also for our resources on the planet. So I came to understand through this sutta how much respect itself is an act of generosity. And, you know, I thought about how many people uh, appear to feel unseen or unheard or treated with either kind of a way of ignoring or actually unkindness. So if you talk to a clerk at a store or at a government office in a more caring way or per personal way, you suddenly realize how anonymously or even unkindly some people are treated most of the time in their role. So I, I see how respect really matters in situations like that. So with those thoughts, I thought we could do uh, the breakout groups. And one possible reflection question for this evening might be, what are some examples that you've encountered of generosity where something was given with respect or where you've given something with a sense of respect? Uh, so 
as we go into these breakout rooms, um, some people may be new to our group this evening. So I want to mention that we go into small groups, either just three or four people per room. Sometimes there ends up being two in a room. And what we do is we make a round of the circle where each person offers one brief thing, uh, one brief thought about it. And we go around multiple times. And this allows everyone's voice to be heard in the circle. And the idea here is that you speak from your own experience and you don't offer advice or commentary on anything that has been shared by anyone else. You're really speaking from your own heart. And we do this for about 10 minutes. And um, if you want, this evening you start with the person whose last name begins closest to the letter Z and work backwards, backwards through the alphabet. And then when we come back to the large group, we don't uh, share what someone else said with their name or anything that would identify them. You, you can speak about your own feelings or you, how you were affected, but just not about, you know, the other person, like so-and-so said such and such. So please enjoy your 10 minutes. And if you find yourself in a room without anyone, don't worry, I will find you and send you to another room. So here we go. Welcome back. We now have about nine minutes uh, to share any inspirations or thoughts or questions you had in your breakout group. Again, without attributing anything anyone else said to them by name. And uh, you can raise your Zoom hand, please, and then I'll invite you to unmute. Jerry, I see your physical hand, so I'm going to invite you to unmute. Um, I am. Um, I'm at a gym in Toronto in the financial district, and uh, there are lots of people from many parts of the world that have come to Canada often as refugees from war. But, and so I have made an effort uh, to say hello to them and ask them uh, their attendance at the gym, uh, often cleaning or other things. So I've made an effort to ask them and say hello to them and ask them about their kids and how they're doing. And it's an intentional gift um, uh, with uh, I, I appreciate your excellent comments, Liz, about the sutra and uh, it's a tricky area not to you can get into difficulty, but the real reason is I'm doing it for them to feel welcome and be respected because sometimes they're treated with uh, feeling like they're underlings and asking them about how their kids and remembering their names and trying to ask them how they're doing. Um, so that's one time where um, I've tried to give with respect. Mm. Thank you, Jerry. 
That's an inspiring example. Yeah, there are so many people who, you know, offer their work all the time and are really treated as unseen. I've made a, a point to say hello and greet uh, the garbage collectors and the recycling co- collectors when they come around. And they act with such shock, like nobody ever talks to them. And uh, so it's it's actually really nice to offer visibility to people in all all realms of encounter that we have. Neil, I'll find you and unmute you here. Oh. Ah, thank you. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, when you reflect back on times you've been generous, they just feel good. You know, and they kind of motivate you to to be more generous. Mm-hmm. At least that's the feeling I have. Yeah, it really does build on itself, doesn't it? And it, it actually feels so so much better sometimes than you can ever imagine. Kind of leaves you smiling. Yes. yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, this is how these practices just really grow the heart, right? Sorry, I interrupted you and I didn't mean to. <laughs> I don't remember. It's just nice. Yeah. And Fred, give me a second here. Or if Neil can find you first. For some reason, my list isn't in alphabetical order tonight. See, can you hear me now? Yes, thank you, Fred. Thanks, Neil. Um, <clears throat> so I've been thinking of my, my father the last few days, uh, who was uh, a, a difficult person and uh, you know very ungracious at uh, Christmas time with everybody. But um, what you were just saying about the guys who pick up your garbage—he he used to always say that the most important guys out there in the world are the garbage men. You know that it was part of it was like his working class solidarity, but otherwise, otherwise he was just making the point, you know. You don't want to live in, you know, 14th century Rome or 14th century London with refuse and garbage and bubonic plague and all of these things. And I just think of, of that being a gift that he's passed along. I mean, it absolutely framed my thinking about the world. And um, the guys who pick up my garbage, I'm really appreciative of them because they bring it up and down the stairs because I can't do it. Wow. And... uh the last time I spoke to one of the guys a couple of weeks ago, he was like, I was just telling him how much I appreciated him. It was like, you know, just like you were saying, just so this astonished look, like hey, nobody ever tells us that. Um, but, but I see that as, as, uh, you know, as my dad's gift, passing that along, saying what's true. Um, and it lodged in me. And I hope I've, said it at the right times too. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. 
And there's this way in which um, we can be taking so much for granted. You know, I lived in New York City in the 80s and the early 90s, and we had garbage strikes. And boy, it only took a few days of the garbage strike to appreciate really how, you know, how much, first of all, how much garbage we generate, but also how it makes a city function, how it makes our lives function. And so many other things, so many other acts of generosity, even in people just doing their job, it's generous. We have about one minute left. So in the short time we have, I want to appreciate the generosity of this group in coming and sitting together and supporting one another. It really makes a difference to be able to see other people's faces on the screen uh, when you, you know you come out of a meditation and hear people's thoughts. I think it supports the practice in a beautiful way. And I especially love that people are coming from all around the country. That's great. So wishing you well and wishing, hoping that you appreciate yourselves and appreciate the practice that you're doing and the ways you're showing up, even in staying for the breakout groups and listening to one another and in offering your care and generosity to people in your lives. So um, if you would like, you can now unmute yourself and say good night. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Liz. Thank, Thank you, Liz. Everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, everybody. See you on Thursday. Thank you, Thank you. 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 Thank you.